Are you a creative or have the urge to find your creativity? Do you want to break out of the expected, view things in a different way, and unearth the unseen? The Ford Creative Podcast explores different creative concepts or hobbies every week. My name is Scott Vanko. I'm an entrepreneur, podcast producer, and on the Ford Creative Podcast, we'll help you gain that ability to monetize your creative passions, help you find your creative community, and grow your individual creativity. Thank you so much for being part of this journey, and I look forward to helping you find those creative passions within Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Ford Creative. I have an amazing guest on today, Johnny L. Sasser, a former Spec Ops, top men's podcast, The Art of Masculinity. He's an entrepreneur. He's been helping men grow leadership in their life. And I'm excited to have you back on, man. Been I, years since our last interview, so I'm excited. How you been? How's life been going for you? It's been great, brother, and really just happy to see you again, man. Haven't had a chance to talk with you in a little while, and so it's always fun to jam out with you. So I appreciate you letting me be on the show again. Awesome. Yeah, we're definitely going to rock out today, so. I'm gonna start off with two questions for you. I, I guess it's kind of like a rapid fire round. Not really. I'm just I'm trying new fucking things. So, what is your favorite military movie of all time? Oh man, that's a really good one. I would probably have to say We Were Soldiers is one of my really top favorites. Man, like I go back and watch that one pretty often. I just love that that one. So I'd have to go right now off the top of my head. We Were Soldiers. I'd probably have to go with like Private Saving Private Ryan, obviously classic, but yeah, I'm big World War II junkie, so I love a lot of World War II history. So it's, I always like go back and watch those like, you know, colored films back then because, yeah, educate myself. My, my second question for you is if you had one superpower, what would it be? Oh man, if I had a superpower, it would probably be like, honestly, I'd, I'd probably just be like Captain America, dude, like fucking able to just be super strong and like, camphor and super great agility and fighting and then like long life but not like not like in infinite life you know <laughs> i'd probably be batman i don't know why I just, I just, he's smart as hell so he doesn't have any superpowers bro yeah this is rich he's it's his it's his mind he finds everybody's weakness <laughs> does he or does alfred yeah probably both He's nothing without Alfred, though. He needs help. Right? Exactly. But moving forward, like, where did the shift start? Because I know you've been on this journey with this podcast, Art of Masculinity. And I remember she starting it back in 2018. I think it was 2019. Yeah, something 2018. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Tell me where that shift started when you first launched Art of Masculinity going into what you've been building now. Because you've definitely been on this, like, crazy journey of, like, growing as an individual. And it's been very inspiring. So. Yeah, the shift really started when I was at kind of my low point. I had gone through a divorce and I was looking at climbing my way out of it. I was drinking way too much. I was just kind of in this negative mindset. I really lost who I was being former special operations and uh, do it. And then after that, protecting the U.S. ambassador to Iraq, I, I lost that like confidence in that man that was there because I lost my purpose. And so the shift for me was my at the time was my good friend, who's also my wife now, Taylor. She tossed me a book called Excuses Be Gone. And for me, I, I know you probably know the story, but Excuses Be Gone was the gut check that I needed because for me, being a guy that grew up in an alpha male environment, I needed something to tell me like, essentially for a lack of better term, like stop being a fucking bitch, like stop pitying yourself. Like, like you can either be a victim or a victor, right? And so that's what I decided. I was like, oh, wow, man, I needed that. So I read Excuses Be Gone by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And to me, that was like really the step into my own self-development journey, my personal development journey, because at the time 
I didn't really want to look into my own shadows. I didn't really want to look into, into what was going on inside of me. And I wanted to just continually outwardly project on the rest of the world and be like, oh, it's the circumstances. Oh, it's this, it's that. Instead of being like, well, bro, where's your mindset? Like, where are your judgments at? Like, what's going on with you? Are you being your highest self? Are you making stupid decisions? Are you making decisions that lead you down a path of making worse decisions and then being the worst version of yourself? So I had to really take ownership of that. And Excuses Be Gone for me was that book that really came. And I didn't I didn't pick it up right away, bro. Like like I said, you sit there and you're like, all right, this is the right time to fucking pick it up. Yeah, I was like, fuck this. Like, who is this? To, why, why am I going to read a book? I used to seriously think that like people that were on the personal development journey were super weak. Like, seriously, I used to think they're super weak minded. They couldn't do it themselves. They needed coaches and they needed books and all this shit to tell them that they're better than they are. And then I was like, I was like, oh, bro, but no, seriously, like I kind of need that right now. <laughs> so I was like, oh, shit. So it just turned into this journey and it turned into the journey that I'm currently on now. And, and the shift was that I knew there was, if I was feeling that way, knowing where I came from with the men that I grew up with, all that stuff, if I knew all that I was struggling in that, then they are too. And so when I had that shift, I was like, well, bro, the, your purpose now is to help them. Because this is no longer for you. This is for helping them climb out of that, that darkness so they can be better fathers or husbands or just find themselves if they're transitioning back from like an alpha high octane lifestyle. Because that's, that's a tough thing for people to do to find a new purpose, one that they create for themselves. So it, it became my, you know, pretty much my obligation to say, hey, I'm not just doing this work for me anymore. I'm doing this work so I can help these people so that way I can help these men really find themselves and who they are in this world and show up better for the next generation. So we don't perpetually have these problems that we see men struggling with today. So that was really that moment in my life was the change. And that was the mindset shift that I had. And then ever since then, it's been, you know, doing my best to not look back. I can't say that I win that every day, but, you know, not looking back at the negativity and really looking forward and just being like, hey, man, if something's not working out, get up, try it again, try something different and just keep progressing and keep helping any way that I can. Cause at the end of the day, if I can help one guy salvage his marriage or one guy not hang a rope from the rafters or one guy salvage his relationship with his kids, like to that, I'm winning like that right there. I'm winning. So that really became the purpose. And, and that's just been where I've, I've kind of resided for the last few years now. I like how you found that like within yourself, cause you know, you didn't complain about it. you went and did something about it and not I like what you said about like hiring mentors because I feel like people like three years ago, like when I got to my personal development journey, I, like, I was like going to summit of greatness and like, I was like, man, I need a good networking event. You know, I went to a couple of years ago and it really opened my eyes. I was like, I thought I needed all these coaches, you know, all these books. And it's like, honestly, it's just taking a look at yourself and really going, okay, I can do this myself, you know, like work with what you have, I guess. Well, it's, it's taking radical ownership. Like I, like I said, you can either be the victim or the victor. And the victim is going to make excuses of why the world's against them. The victim's going to make excuses of why the circumstances aren't stacked in their favor. The victim's never going to look inside and say, what was my choices that got me to this point? You know, and you know that, you know, you, you dealt with alcohol issues and stuff like that. And you know, you can sit there and point the finger all you want. But at the end of the day, until you start saying like, oh, shit, this was my choice to be here for good or for bad. Like it was my fucking choice to be here. Bro, that's that's where you start to really change the world in in your own eyes. 
I definitely can relate with that because like when I was 25, you remember I went to jail for my second DUI. That was a really turning point in my life and I almost went for six months, but it, it, it was a turning point in my life. And I, I was like, you know, I need to get my shit together. Yeah. <laughs> I was living with my grandma at the time and we lived in a small town in Harrisburg, Ohio, where I was born. I was actually living there in the city I was born in just because my family had a history of alcoholism in that town. And I, I made obituaries in the mail one morning. She told me, like my Hungarian nine-year-old grandma calls me. I was like, I don't want to see my last name there. Yeah. It's just like, my last name meant a lot to me. And I, ever since then, I just like, I don't ever want to be that man I was. Yeah. You know, I think that's a powerful thing. Moving forward with your podcast, like what has been the biggest challenge with your show and like also trying to build a business at the same time, like spreading this message? I mean, early on for me, one of the biggest challenges was was speaking to the ether and not getting any feedback, right? Because early on, you don't get a bunch of comments. Like people don't really know who you are. You're making a name for yourself and for your podcast. You're developing a brand, everything. So early on, it was it was kind of like, well, is anybody listening, right? And then early on, the struggle was also, you'd go into like Libsyn or whatever platform you're using. You'd look at the downloads and you're like, bro, I got like 20 downloads like this. this and, and I don't watch them anymore. Yeah, right. I, dude, I haven't checked Libsyn in so long, but like it's, it, you know, I know, I know relatively where my downloads are at now, but I haven't, I haven't checked it in so long and I, and I don't pay attention to it for numerous reasons, because if I'm going to live and breathe what I just told you, which is if I can help one guy, well, then it doesn't fucking matter if I have 5,000, 20,000 downloads a month. All that matters is I have one and that guy's changing and that guy's changing for the better. And so if I'm really going to live that, then I don't need to care about those things. So the struggle early on was that I was like, oh, I really want to reach people and all this stuff. And then like, but you're not getting the feedback. And so that's deteriorate, deteriorates your, your progress and your motivation. So you got to figure out a way to get a past that and be like, no, 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 I'm going to conquer my mindset. I'm not going to let the comparisonitis. I'm not going to look at the Lewis Howes and look at his chapter 20 and think that my chapter one is supposed to be his chapter 20, right? Like, so you know, it came to me that the struggle was the comparisonitis. The struggle was the fact that like, you're not getting the feedback. So you're just like, am I talking to nobody? Is anybody ever going to listen to this? And you really get that self-doubt going on. That was the biggest struggle early on. And the shift for me was the one, hey, it shouldn't matter if I have one download or a thousand downloads or 20,000 downloads. If there's one person listening, I'm happy. So I started to shift my mindset. And then the second thing was that I stopped caring about like how many people were listening and started caring more about what was the content I was putting out. And so I got really excited and that really rejuvenated that lull in my, you know, I never dropped off my podcast, but there was a time where I was a little um, less enthusiastic, maybe early on. Well, kind of fire a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I kind of struggled a little bit in those moments, but it was, it was that one foot in front of the other consistent progress that got me through the lull that helped me to be like, come out of the other side. And then it just was like, oh, wow. Like now, now it's really game on because it's, it's all about the content I'm giving and the people that are coming on my show, serving them, allowing them to serve my community, really giving to men and focusing on the message that I'm giving to men to open their eyes to something that's maybe very different to what they've ever experienced. But they're listening to me because the fact that of who I am, my background, 
and giving me the opportunity to give them new information. So that's really where the shift happened for me in that moment when I was really struggling was changing the mindset about how I was seeing the podcast and what was coming out of it. I, I love the art of masculinity podcast. It's good, dude. Like, Thanks, brother. Growing up, I, I just, I like how you didn't give up. You know, you kept going. You were consistent. Like I shared with you, like I quit my old show and I was like, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a message. So like I did have some comparatitis with that because it's like, we're always trying to look for something like, it's sure. like oh, find our theme, find our lane, you know, and I'm, I, I found mine, mine's like, you know, creative shit outlets. And that's why I'm trying to interview a lot of different people from backgrounds, creating content, whatever that is. What's been your favorite guest on your show so far? That you would- oh man, that's really hard. No, I, I've really loved like all my guests. Cause I, I pretty much hand select all my guests. Like I, I, I really do. So I really loved a lot of my guests on the show, but one of my favorite, favorite ones, you know, recently actually with, it was actually my most recent one with Brandon Collinsworth. The guy is just a special human being. And I mean, his, we had a blast jamming out. We have, we've, we've, you know, we have a connection with one another. So we really bond together spiritually and energetically. And so it was just a freaking awesome conversation, but man, his, just his story, his wisdom really hit me actually as like a host. And so that one has been one of my favorite, favorite episodes. Absolutely. And that was just actually my most recent one. So yeah. Awesome. It's like earning a college degree and I didn't learn shit in college. I mean, I'm thankful I went to Iowa State, had a great, you know, time there. You pay for an experience, but podcasting is like, it's a wealth of knowledge, the labor of love. You know what I mean? You really, you do it because you love it or you don't, you know? Yeah. And it's like, for me, the experience that I get through hearing other people's stories. Cause like, you know, when I was, when I was in the, in doing protection, I was protecting the U.S. ambassador. We would do a hundred in the, the rule was the shifts were like 120 days on, you got 30 days off. Right. So you're 30 days off, you could do whatever you want, but you didn't get paid for it. So, but you stacked up cash for like, you know, four months. So you're good. So you go on vacation. And I, and I went down to Australia, I remember, because I used to just travel on my own. And I, I didn't know anybody there. I was by myself. I would go to bars and hang out and have a beer. And I would just sit there. And I remembered that I would sit there and listen. And I would talk with, especially like older people. And I would talk with them and just listen to stories. And I, and I used to spend a lot of time with my uncle as well. And like, I would listen to stories and really absorb it. And I was like, man, if we can learn really at a young age to shut the fuck up and listen, we can gain a lot of experience in life and actually really have some cool stories to tell and listen to some cool people who like had a cool life. And so that's what podcasting brought back to my life. It, it allowed me because as a host, you just, you, you know, you got to kind of shut the fuck up and, and let people go. And that's where a lot of the gems get dropped too. And so being a good host allows you to do that. And that really brought back those roots that I grew up with young, where I was just listening a lot to, to hear people. And so that's been one of my favorite things about podcasting for sure. Right. I could relate because I, like I told you, when I was drinking a lot in college, good memories. I, trust me, I never complained about some of those memories, but going to bars and I've just talked to a lot of old people there. I'm like, why the hell are you here, dude? Like why, you know, your brother works at this bar and I used to go to a bar he worked at all the time. And I used to just talk to people and there'd be like some really wealthy people coming in there. And I would just ask him, I was in college and I just come there after class and just like ask him, like, you know, I could be going out and eat out with women or, you know, playing pool at a college bar somewhere. And I'm like, no, I just like, sometimes I just like to sit here and play some songs. And just like talk with these people. And that's, 
I can relate with that, you know, stories, especially for my grandma who came to this country with nothing. She came here after the war and like was put in a concentration camp and like has a story and like how she ran a hundred miles out of her country in Hungary. Wow. Came here in the mid fifties. And she'd tell me these stories, bro, with, like her eyes closed, like World War Two. So like I got a lot of that documentation for my life through her and documenting stories. So I can definitely relate to that. I know this podcast has been growing and you started doing the events now. How has that been adding events to the show? And like the wild man experience, I'd like to really touch on, on this. Yeah, the wild man experience was just, it, it was born and it still operates out of just a labor of love because I just think that men, there's there's an environment that we get to be with each other and be brothers with one another and be able to just, you know, there's a, there's a space. I'm trying to do this delicately. There's a space in the, the personal development world, especially for men where like, if you do personal development, you all of a sudden can't joke about some of the stupid shit that's out there. Or like, you know, you can't joke about like, you know, some of the things that don't necessarily fall in line with PC culture. Right. And it's like, man, it's almost like a comedian. It's like, I don't really think this way, but I'd like to joke about shit this way. Like, I'd like to just bust my buddy's balls and just like be able to just say, you know, shit that most people, that's not PC. That's not correct. And you're like, bro, I, I understand. I don't really think it. I'm just joking around. Right. Like, and in that environment, you can really create some strong bonds. And so for me, it's been a passion of a labor of passion because of the fact in love, because of the fact I want to give a place where guys feel safe to really go deep with one another and to really have truly real conversations, which I curate, but also to be able to like hang out, have a cigar, like joke about stuff. In, in a, in I'm a, wondering right now, should I should have told you this for the interview? I would have got one. <laughs> right. And so like it's, it's, it's really like a place for guys to feel safe, to be men, but to also be vulnerable and open. And I give that space to them. It's a very unique space. And so for me, the podcast has helped me to do that, to be number one, to put it out there to the world in a, in a bigger platform. But then number two, being a host and being a men's coach has helped me to incorporate how I create that container for men. And so the experiences that I create are all inclusive because that, because that's another thing I believe men don't give to themselves enough is like enough pampering, right? Enough. We don't give ourselves enough love and it's an all inclusive event. So guys don't have to think about anything. Most guys are in like leadership roles in their lives. So they're always making decisions. And I want guys to come there and do nothing but be present, bond with their brothers, get a once in a lifetime experience and feel taken care of. And that's what we do at the experiences, whether it's in Kodiak, Alaska, or it's in Corpus Christi. So how was that? Cause I, I know going with Corpus Christi, like how, how was that Alaska experience? I saw your post on social media. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Grizzly yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's very different from my Corpus Christi event and it operates incredibly differently as well because the environments in which we dive deep, are very different from Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi, we have a, a ranch that we're associated with. And then the ranch has all the facilities that we basically take over everything. And we have this, this very nicely curated space. Alaska, you don't really get that. You have to create that space through wilderness. So we create a lot of that connection. A lot of that bonding time comes in the wilderness, which is absolutely beautiful and cathartic in and of itself. And so there's a lot that goes on with that. And so the Alaska event's very different and it's very therapeutic in a very like 
unique way compared to Corpus Christi. Like shit, I need to go walk outside my house more. Yeah. Go yeah. for a hike. Shit. I want to walk into last my brain would just be like, what the hell is going on? Oh, dude, it's gorgeous, man. Alaska. Yeah. And especially where we go, which is Kodiak, Alaska. It's not just regular Alaska. It's Kodiak. Kodiak's a special place. What was your most powerful experience during that weekend when you were? Um, I took the guys to the top of a mountain, which was, it was a pretty steep climb and had them do a specific kind of meditation of releasing meditation up there. And to do that on the top of the mountain in the wilderness is, is a very, like I said, it's a different, it's a different connection to yourself, to, to mother earth, to everything out there. And so that was incredibly powerful for the men. And I was proud of that moment. I thought that was probably the best, to be honest, even though there were so many fun experiences we did inside of it, but that was probably the best one. Yeah. So you're like shooting from helicopters and shit. I was like, what are you guys making movies out there, man? I was like, oh, that's Corpus Christi. That's Corpus Christi. I know. I was like, I was, I was so badass. I was like, (laughs) tell me what that was like for when you were in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, man, the, the shooting from helicopters is a, I always loved that when I was in the military, it was one of my favorite things. So when I set up the Corpus Christi thing, I was like, how can I give guys that opportunity? Because majority of the time, whether, unless you're, unless you're an experienced hunter who knows somebody who can get a helicopter, you pretty much have no opportunity to shoot out of a helicopter unless you were like in special operations where I was and very, very few regular military units had the opportunity to do that. So it was like, how do I give this to guys that were never in the military? And even if they're hunters may have never encountered somebody that had a helicopter, right? Very few people have ever shot out of a helicopter. So I I, feel pretty badass. It's it's really cool, but it also makes you also, we have an amazing pilot. Uh, John McLean from Die Hard. (laughs) We have an amazing pilot. I think he kind of makes it a little too easy on the guys to shoot, but on the same token, it's also nice to shoot from a helicopter and actually hit something. So um, but it's, it's fun, man. I actually personally love it. I don't get to do it with the guys all the time, but they get to go out and do quite a few different rounds out there and have fun shooting out of a helicopter. And like I said, we've had guys out there that have never even ridden in a helicopter, let alone shot a gun we from it. In one. No, I fly in yeah. yeah. Economic so, class. <laughs> yeah. So it, become, it becomes really cool because they're like, wow, not only did I get to fly in a helicopter for the first time ever i actually got to shoot out of it too so you do masterminds too at these events too like you guys come together our business as well no that's not something that we do necessarily at these events a lot of these events are really more in the men's development space so i don't i don't go into the business side of things i save that for like my one-on-one clients and then i may be putting together a mastermind where we do some of that but for these events in particular, I want guys to bond and be open with one another and vulnerable in a in more of a way. Because many of the men that have that come to these events may have never like opened up in front of a group of men. And <clears throat> when they see one of their brothers open up about something, they're like, oh shit, like that's okay for me to say in front of a group of men. Holy crap, let me get this off my chest. And then a guy's talking about how. He feels like he's failing as a father that he's never said to anybody else. And it allows him to release that. So it's more of a personal touch. It's more of a personal men's development style conversation when we dive into those. I feel that nowadays, like as a man growing up, I, I build a lot of walls. I mean, from us talking in the past, like I just, I never let, would let people in for being bullied at a young age. My dad drinking a lot and just, I hid a lot of things from a lot of people. 
So I feel like a lot of men coming out nowadays, and I like what you're doing, especially this mission you've been on. It it, it allows you to open up. It, it feels good. It's nice to let that out. It's like, I don't have to be so fucking tough all the time. Yeah. Like, what am I being tough for? You know? Right. It's like, right. Why, does, why, why does this have to be so hard? It doesn't have to be. You know, you can have a good group of people around you, not toxic ass people. Right. And, and there's no sense in perpetuating the problems that have been carried from generation to generation for men. Like we, we get to be the change. And, you know, if we're going to actually step foot into that, we have to step foot into it and confront it and be like, well, it starts with me. So if I'm going to tell other people that they need to open up, I need to be willing to do that shit too. Like if I'm going to tell men that it's okay to talk about these things, I need to do that shit too. And so it's, you know, it's all about taking action and lead. For me, it's about leading from the front. You know, you got to be somebody who's willing to still get in the trenches with the guys, even though maybe you you're on your chapter five of personal development and they're on chapter one. Like you still need to get in the trenches with them. You got to go back to chapter one and say, I'm here with you, brother, because that gives them permission to say, okay, now I can step foot. And that's how we continue to change the world. That's how we change masculinity. And that's how we start to build a, a generation after us that doesn't have the same shit we carry. Putting our ego aside like letting go of that and like getting down in those trenches like you said like being there is like i was there once too so what makes me any better you know what i mean right exactly there's no there's no chapter in my life where i feel that i'm going to ever look down at somebody because i've been through all those fucking chapters and not only that but like every single every single one of them has a story to tell every single one of them has their own situation that put that 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 gave them a certain mindset where they got there and so it's like it doesn't matter how far you know, you know, this goes back to some, one of those things like, you know, stay true to your roots kind of thing, right? Like stay true to the authenticity of what made you who you are, not where you're at now. Like you might be a multimillionaire business owner. You might be somebody who can take a, a business from infancy to multimillion dollars in six months. You might be somebody that's really good at those, but you never started there. And if you forget where you came from, that made you the guy that could do that, then you're never going to be somebody that's going to really truly be able to help the people that need your help. Right. And so for me, it's all about like, I know where I came from and I'm proud of where I came from. And I always want to talk to the men that are where I was and because I can understand them. And because the fact that I know what it's like to feel like you don't know where you're going, I know what it's like to not have a path written out for you and to have struggles and transitions. So Man, that's just that's just where I, I love being at. And I think that if we do more of that, all of us will continue to raise everybody. This is not relatability. It's just like I'm just I'm no different from you. Anybody can build you know, tear it down again and start over. It's like you can always start over and like start a new chapter in your life. Cause like I'm always trying to learn every day and just be a life learner. You know, I was like, I always thought I had to be in such a rush these like past three years. I was like, I, I do not need to be in a rush. I need to be patient, know who I am, have self-awareness, just be my authentic self. And, you know, some people are going to like you and some people won't. And that's just fucking life, you know? And one of the biggest things I've learned from being a podcast host is that there's no difference from a homeless drug addict to a multi-million dollar business owner other than one thing, a decision. That's it. Like one of my best friends is a multi-million dollar business owner. Guess what? He was also a drug addict for the longest time and went to rehab multiple times and like really struggled. 
and he made one decision in his life. He made one decision. He finally stopped being addicted to drugs and he started to be addicted to his business. And then he created a multi-million dollar business that is thriving now. And it was one decision that changed him. He was on, he could have kept on that same path and either would have been dead or in jail or just been a druggie today. But he made one decision and that was it. He wasn't given a silver spoon. So when people tell me like, oh yeah, this person's like a multi-million dollar and all this stuff. And then they look down on somebody who's homeless or somebody who's in, you know, involved in drugs and stuff like that. They're like, there's literally no difference between the two people except one decision. That's it. And he chose to get up and do something about it. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, so at the end of the day, it's just like, yeah, we, we release that judgment of each other. Like I said, we can continue to help each other rise. And that's where the power is with men. It's like, if I can continue to just support them and be like, there's one decision this guy has to make. One decision he has to make to change his trajectory, whatever it is that's going on in his life. One decision. Let me help him find that decision so that he can be that best version of himself. Are you doing any other events in different states as well? Or are you just going to stay in the Alaska, Texas range? Right now, just Alaska and Texas in the United States. I actually plan on rolling some stuff out potentially in some other countries. So that's going to be on the docket for the progress and the evolution of kind of like where, where how I'm serving men. That'll be in the future. That'll be maybe another year or so down the road. But right now, it's just Corpus Christi in, in Alaska. Those events are doing really well. Guys are really loving those things. And, and we run... Between the two of them, I run three of those events a year, two in Corpus, and I run one in Alaska. And I just saw you got back from Greece, too. Yeah, that was... I always got down through wrong. Is it Mik Mykonos, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Mykonos. How was that? You and your wife? Yeah. And how was that? Yeah, we were in Mykonos. We were in Santorini. We did Athens for a couple of days. It's beautiful, man. Greece is, is a very special place. I'm a big enthusiast of Greek mythology. And then one of my best friends, he's also Greek. So I just love, I love being part of his homeland. And the people there were absolutely amazing. It was astounding, just beautiful, amazing human beings, a great time, really interesting culture. Cause they don't get up until like later in the day, they go out to dinner, like after eight o'clock at night and they're out at the clubs at like midnight. So like, it's crazy, but it's a very cool culture. And I, I really enjoyed being part of it for a couple of weeks with my wife. That's cool. I'm glad you guys had a good time over there. I know the podcast has been growing. Where do you want to see your podcast being like the next, say, two years? I mean, for me, the for me, in all honesty, like I guess for a lack of better term, but I want to basically basically be that like Lewis Howe style podcast, but for the men's space. Like that's where I want this to go. The art of masculinity is something that I'm hugely passionate about, and. However long it takes to get there, you know, I'm down for it. Like I've made it this far. We have over 300 episodes and we're not stopping. So and it's crazy. Yeah. Do you have a full team now or do you like an editor or do you do this like all by yourself or so? No, I got, I got a little bit of a team behind me. It's not like a full like podcast development team. Like some people have like agencies that support them, but I have a, I have a team behind me that helps out with all the stuff that I'm putting out there and everything. So yeah, it's. I see it being something where it's like the Lewis Howes style podcast, but you know, for men, absolutely. I just see you. You're gonna make it, man. I I just see it. Just keep doing. Thank it. you, brother. I appreciate it. Or eventually, it's gonna fucking open. So. Yeah, it's already gonna open. Kick, so I'm gonna kick it open. So I do this for a living. So for, yeah. Yeah, actually, you're right. either way, it's coming open. Yeah, yeah. Because like I've been trying to figure out where the show's going. I, I'm in like my this will be the seventh episode of the show. Most podcasters don't even make it past episode 10, they say. So what's your advice, I guess, for anybody out there who's trying to start a YouTube channel, TikTok, the podcast, like any medium, like what's your biggest advice for anybody? 
who's trying to create content? Ooh, I have a few pieces. One, I will say, because I think it's the biggest one that deters people from progressing is, you know, really, and we've already talked about it on the show, but, you know, really just don't compare. Like if you're going to look at other people, maybe look at things on how they're successful, but don't compare as to where they are and where you want to be. Because you're, you know, comparing, this is something that Bedros talks about a lot. And what was that interview you did? You actually flew, didn't you fly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I watched, I didn't watch the whole interview, but I watched like half of it. Yeah. Released it, but that, that, that was probably a powerful interview you did. Yeah, I, I love Bedros and his message is amazing. Somebody I, I hold very dear to my heart because of the fact that he's a true man in this world, like he, he's not, he's authentic. And for me, that's important and he's genuine. But one of his messages and Wes Watson as well, one of their messages is don't compare your chapter one to my chapter 20. And, and so for anybody starting a YouTube or TikTok or podcast or any of this stuff, like it's great to look at the people in the industry and see what they're doing that makes them successful, but don't look at them as being like, oh man, but I'm not there yet. Oh, their stuff's so good and mine's so bad. It's like, we all fucking start somewhere, man. These guys, like, well, if you could go back and listen to Lewis Howes early on, his first podcasts and shit like that, like, come on, man. Like, just don't do that to yourself. So, if I could say anything to people, it's it's that. And then the second thing, if I could tell them, give them any words of advice, is honestly, truly, and just embody this, who cares what anybody thinks? If you have something to put out there that you feel is helpful to other people and you feel is a message that needs to be heard, don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care if... It doesn't matter if you're giving the softest message in the world, someone's going to have a problem with you. If you're giving the harshest message in the world, someone's going to have a problem with you. So just not give a fuck what other people say. You're going to have people who love you and you're going to have people who hate you. That's just the world we live in. It's true. (laughs) Took me a while to learn that. (laughs) Yeah. Just release that shit. Like just release it. If you have a, yeah, if you have a message embody your message, put it out there, give it to the world, allow people to, to benefit from it. And don't care what other people are going to say about you or think about you. Cause you're going to have people on both sides of the fence. That's, that's, that's really good that you say that. Cause like, I, I talked about creativity on the show and like growing content it's like, we can get lost like in the noise. Cause like last year I gained a lot of weight and I was just really insecure with myself. Like I've lost a lot of weight since last year. Cause I was working home and like just eating fucking DoorDash every day dude was like, just fucking depressed dude I just I don't know I couldn't get out of it and I didn't want to put out content so I didn't do interviews for a year and I just think it's like you know don't be afraid of who you are talk about those things you know what I mean because you might relate to somebody else yeah absolutely and like even for people who feel uncomfortable being like you know you said you were overweight so you, you like you were getting depressed you didn't want to do content there's, there's a, I can't remember his name, but he's fit to fat, right? And so he's Jack, but then he got like super fat. Like he did like literally like four months of McDonald's straight. And then he got, yeah, he got like jacked after he got re, went back into getting jacked. If that's something that like, and I'm just using that as an example, but he used something that makes people feel very insecure. And he showed the journey. He showed the journey of what it took to get there and what it took to get out of it. And so if you're in that space, if somebody's in that space where they're like, man, but I feel really depressed. I don't really feel like getting out there and doing this, whatever. 
use what you're struggling with to put out as content. So you might actually be helping other people who are struggling with it too. Yeah. Cause I, I got an email from somebody the other day. It was on LinkedIn actually, cause I'm on LinkedIn a lot. I don't know if you're on LinkedIn, but somebody's like, Hey, I listened to that episode with Chelsea Rife about podcasts. I really loved it. And I was like, you know, those little like messages mean a lot. You know what I mean? Cause like not a lot of people do see behind the scenes of what I do sometimes, or you do, you know what I mean? All this work that it takes to put in, cause it is, it is mental work sometimes when you're creating content, cause you're trying to perfect everything, but it's just like, just put it out there. It's a shit. Drop your, don't look at the downloads. Like we talked about earlier. And it's just nice when you get those little wins. Cause like, I don't even care what the down. Those are wins for me. Cause I'm like, wow, somebody's listening. One person. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. I'm going to ask you one last question on the show. Cause you've been amazing today and I appreciate your time. What is your meaning of creativity? Oh man. My meaning of creativity is tapping into that right hemisphere of your brain and allowing it to just go wild. You know, a lot of times we suppress it because the fact that the left side wants to go through logical processing, and especially for us men, it's very hard in a lot of cases for us to tap into that right side of our brain, but creativity, the meaning of it for me is just embodying your wildest dreams, whatever it is that really lights you up. Like that's creativity because when you do that, you're expanding your peripheral of what is possible in this world. Because the left brain's always going to tell us that there's a limitation, but the right brain's going to tell us that we have the ability to really create whatever we want. So really allowing yourself to embody that and just allow your wildest dreams to be exposed to the world. There's no limitation, man. There really isn't. Like if we can just do that and, and allow that creativity to expand, we would actually feel more fulfilled ourselves because that's our child at play. No. That is our inner child at play. So allow him or her to come out and just have fun with it. Have fun with the world, you know? Life Find is, your muse. <laughs> yeah, life is a canvas. And we only can paint on that canvas when we're creative enough to allow the, the wildest openings of, of what we enjoy to be painted on that canvas. So give yourself that opportunity. One of the best ones I've had responses on the show. So thanks, go. I like, like the poetic Johnny yeah. side coming up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, John, uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's been a blast. It's good having you back on, and uh, hopefully we do this more in the future. And uh, I, I love what you're doing, helping men, you know, help them become better leaders in their life and grow too. So maybe I'll be at one of your events. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But. Yeah, brother, you will be. I know you will be. And I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you for getting back out there and putting out this podcast and really helping people. And I know it's been a passion of yours. And so I'm just really happy to see you back doing it. So I appreciate you so much, brother, and for having me on the show. Thank you. All right, brother. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Forward Creative Podcast with Johnny L. Sasser. It means a lot to me, guys, you tuning in weekly. I hope you get a lot of takeaways from this episode today about becoming a better leader in your life learning to take accountability for yourself and to take action every day. And please write a review on Apple Podcasts for me. Tell me how this episode has inspired you and share it with one friend. And remember guys, stay tuned and stay creative.